Are you interested in cracking the customer code? You've got customers, and we will help you work with them to deliver a great experience to grow your business. I'm Jeannie Walters. And I'm Adam Taport. Join us as we learn from those business leaders who get it. And a few who don't. And together we'll crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 18 of Crack the Customer Code. We have a really interesting show today all about quirky people, and we're talking about getting to know your customers, quirks and all. Well, our guest, Rod Brooks, is from the Northwest, from Pemco Insurance, where they sort of pride themselves on their quirks. He has some great insights into exactly who his customers are. And we've got a customer hero story about how to scale with an omni-channel presence. It doesn't sound very heroic, but it is. <laughs> when you're a small company and not interested in scaling too fast. But first, we have a sponsor message from 360 Connects. <laughs> we do. Adam, we're going crazy right now offering free and educational tools at 360connects.com. So I invite everyone to join us for blogs, webinars, downloads, recommended books, and more. All of these customer experience resources are available in our new resources section at 360connects.com. That's 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com. And guess what? You can actually be a sponsor of this podcast. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor. That's crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for all the details. Now, Jeannie... How do you really know your customers? I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with, don't you? I think so. And I think you should share what you were just showing me. Well, we'll put some links in the show notes and even put a few images in there. But I was lucky enough to go out to the Northwest and speak for Pemco Insurance and I left with quite a swag bag from them. <laughs> and essentially what they do is they have created this whole campaign around these quirky profiles that they call the Northwest profiles or we're a lot like you. And it's everything from the really nice guy at the four-way stop who waves everybody through. They call him the no you go guy. <laughs> There's the year round shorts dude <laughs> who wears shorts, even when he's shoveling snow. There are socks with sandal guy and my favorite, the type A yoga gal, because I might be able to relate to her a little bit. But it's they have these trading cards where they actually tell you about these individuals and people love them. They identify with them. They order the trading cards. You can order them from their sites. Uh, they have branded themselves in this way because they realized that they were built on this identity of who their customers were. So it's it's just a really fun way to represent your customers and to get to know them even better. Well, I like it because it's like they took their customer personas, which we do in customer experience. You know, you create these different personas and they're always internal and actually sort of made like an external thing about it and then mm -hmm. obviously took it for a spin. I've got a guy here looking at me on their website called Desperately Seeking Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the good ones. And if you turn over the trade cards or if you click through on their profiles, the year round sports dude, they say spotted, shoveling snow, attending weddings, mixing tapes. <laughs> like they they embrace what makes them unique and what makes they they have fun with them too. They're they're okay poking a little fun at themselves. And we're gonna hear more about that from our guest today, Rod Brooks. Excellent. Let's talk to Rod. He is vice president and chief marketing officer at Pemco Insurance in Seattle, Washington. He took the marketing helm in nineteen ninety-nine. 16 years after joining the company, Rod has helped transform Pemco into a market-driven, customer-centric business that embraces the voice of the customer each and every day. 
Rod calls the insurance business one of the biggest marketing challenges he's faced, and he views Pemco's current campaign as one of his most rewarding. We're a lot like you, a little different. Welcome, Rod. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jeannie. Thanks for that nice introduction. Yeah, so glad to have you, Rod. And Jeannie has been raving about your company and these Northwest profiles, and I actually checked them out earlier, and they're just really cool. Tell me, what made you come up with them? Well, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's Genesis was um, really a, a, a need in the marketplace and that we were watching our large national competitors um, just in great leaps and bounds outspend PIMCO. Uh, we are a regional provider here in the Northwest. And while they were spending billions, uh, we were spending far, far less than that. So we did some research, Adam, and we we started talking to, to the people. We did some ethnographic research and... And we learned a lot about our Northwest neighbors. We learned about their sense of pride, their sense of uniqueness, uh, the quirkiness, some of the behaviors and traits. But the one thing that, that I think was most directly related to your question is they, in many ways, told us that they would celebrate local, that they would honor businesses that are local, but they had to prove it. You had to show them that you knew them in ways that others don't. And when we came back and we thought about that finding, we challenged our our agency partners and our internal staff. Um, We said, well, we do know them better. We know they wear socks with their sandals. We know they (laughs) camp out under blue tarps. We know that they um, power walk around certain lakes and that they uh, have super long coffee orders and we, we just learned a lot, and we said, well, let's show them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the other thing we learned in, the, in our uh, research was that insurance isn't something that people wake up in the morning w- uh, hoping to have a conversation about. <laughs> they, they tell us, you know, that, um, that insurance is a product they don't understand. It's a product that they really don't want to buy. And after they own it, they don't want to use it because they can only win by losing so we had to lighten it up a lot, and the Northwest Profiles was our ticket to do that. Well, I, I'm a huge fan of this, and I was showing off my trading cards earlier that I scored when I went out to visit you guys. Uh, I can relate a little bit to Type A Yoga Lady, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, you, you often look back to your community and beyond your customers even, and you talk a lot about the pride of just being in the Northwest and I really witnessed you take this to a whole new level when you flew a banner over the Super Bowl. And I wanted to know kind of what prompted you to do that and how was it done? Because it was, it was pretty elaborate based on what I saw. It was. In 2014, uh, we had the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl and, and an idea for a banner emerged from our team. And the, the genesis then and in our second uh, year was that, that we knew there were more people who wouldn't be able to go to the game that wanted to than would be able to go to the game. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, PIMCO, being a Northwest-based company, um, let's, let's honor the 12th man, the number 12s, uh, and there's a story there, but let's honor all of the fan base by giving them a chance to sign a banner that would fly around uh, the first year, MetLife Stadium, and the second year, the University of Phoenix Stadium in, in Arizona. 
and to be a part of the game. Hmm. And what, what came alive was truly remarkable. But what we really saw happening was the voice of the customer coming together and supporting this in such a huge way that it, it not only um, gratified us, but it surprised and delighted us beyond our, our wildest expectations. Well, and one of the things I saw that I thought was really special, I guess, is how you invited fans to just send in their photos. So when, That's you look, right. when you look at the banner, you can't really see it from far away, but they know they're on there. And it's all part of that number 12, which is so prominent there. And we've actually spoken about the 12th man here on this podcast before because it's it's a great story. And I certainly witnessed that when I came out to that part of the country. Um, uh, you're, you're alluding to the second year, and that's exactly right. The first year, we, we created this great big massive banner, and we had people sign it. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, this year we need a bigger and bolder banner. And so the things that were different was that the first year, the banner uh, was about, I think it was about 8,000 square feet, and it was, uh, it was able to be signed. And so we had people, we took it to events, and we, we captured um, over 12,000 signatures. Wow. Um, the second year, we said, let's be bigger and bolder. And we made a banner that was 12,000 square feet, 100 by 120. And it could be pulled by a helicopter, not an airplane. And, um, and, the, and the big idea was this year, let's have the technology in place where we can invite the fans to upload their personal fan photo, and it would fill in the numeral 12. And we knew we had to capture uh, about 25,000 of those in order to make it work. And and that's exactly what we did. We filled out the whole thing. We had people, um, over 25,000 people or about 25,000 people upload photos. We had 43,000 people this year sign the banner. Uh, it really was quite a story. It's been, it's been really well chronicled and, and, uh, something that we, we look forward to flying again over opening day when the season starts next year. Nice. Well, I have to say that I love the story from a customer experience perspective, but hearing you talk about going to the Super Bowl with your, with your Seahawks twice in a row is a little, it's a little hard to take as a Chicago Bears fan. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a long time coming for us. And and the way this year's game ended February 1st was a a heartbreaker, but we're recovering and we'll be back next year. All right. Good, good. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, you've done an amazing job of sort of connecting with with sort of mass campaigns, but on an individual level. It's just amazing to create these small moments. Can you share what you did in the Pemco parking lot? Oh, sure. I think I know what you're referring to. We, uh, you know, I'm looking at it right out my window now, and, and it wasn't more than a year or so ago that I would look out there, and I saw a lot of um, what I called sign chaos, and, and here I've been driving into this parking lot for almost 15 years at that point. But I looked at it with a new set of eyes, and, and the sign said, you know, don't walk here, um, please don't park here, stay on the ramp, um, use the steps. A lot of directional signage and things about safety and do this and don't do that. And I happened one day to see our facilities team supervising the resurfacing of our parking lot. And I've had the facilities manager stop by my office, and we talked about what was going on out there. And I said, you know, it looks so clean right now. You've removed everything. 
you're painting, you're striping. Um, I said, it almost looks like a stadium. And if it was a stadium, you know what we would put on the outfield wall? We would put messages from our sponsors. And in this case, I would really like to see those walls uh, integrated with our Northwest profiles. And we have transit cards that we put on buses. They would fit right there. And, and then I said, you know, maybe we would have another part of the, of the uh, parking lot where people could uh, have a picture taken with one of their favorite Northwest profiles. And he asked me just to stop with the ideas and turn <laughs> it over and turn it over to him because he, he saw the vision and, and over a period of time, um, now I can look out and I see life size cutouts of our Northwest profiles directing people appropriately to the stairs. I see those transit cards. For the last two months, we've had a giant photo area where people could uh, come in and pose um, in front of a big drop backdrop and display of our supercharged Seahawk fan. Uh, we change that out every couple of months, and it becomes a place where, where people who come to our office, uh, either for uh, insurance business or because they know that photo shoot is there, um, that they can come and have an interaction. Just another one of our touch points. And, you know, that's interesting um, or an important part of this story, too, is that, Jeannie, when you were out here and you gave us a little uh, of your insights and in coaching, you know, we really took uh, another look at those important touch points, and and there's there's the big obvious touch points in the insurance business. You know, the point of sale, the mm -hmm. point of service, honoring the claim, the billing, those kinds of things. And and you you've got to be a rock star at those. Mm -hmm. But there's so many other times that we touch our customers and we interact, and it's and it's not obvious. Right. When they park the car, when they when they um, step into the lobby. Mm -hmm. And we've taken a, a, a real interest in that in trying to, to make those micro touch points, those, those secondary touch points, um, really noticeable and important. Well, I love that. You know I'm a big fan. <laughs> yes, Jeannie is so, so amazing at like pointing out those details that can really make a difference. And what's interesting to me, Rod, is you're doing so much – innovative work here with customers you know the banner the parking lot just the profiles themselves at a lot of companies that would run into a ton of bureaucratic and organizational pushback you, what have you found has it been easy to get those types of initiatives done and to get these sort of out of the box really customer centric things implemented well it has been uh, it's been a journey like i've been here 15 years now and that's a long time for a chief marketing officer and um, prior to that, my longest time at any company was about five years. So I've learned something, and that is that the hockey stick of success happens after five years um, if, you, if you stay that long. Uh, that's where I really got the acceleration. And the reason I point that out is because in the first five years, um, we were doing some, some good improvements, and we were making some progress, but what what was able to be done was a lot of trust and respect and, um, and, and mutual respect was being built amongst my colleagues and myself. So when it came time in about year seven or eight to take a bold move and move to embrace um, more aggressively the voice of the customer and to differentiate ourselves from those that were spending the literally billions of dollars on marketing messages, that... Um, 
that they had, they had evidence of the things that we said we wanted to accomplish could actually work. So uh, that journey was worth it. Uh, it hasn't been difficult to embrace the voice of the customer now. And you know, I might just share one other um, one other tidbit with you is that that when we did go go out all out to really understand um, and organize around the voice of the customer, it was an employee who pointed out to us that all of our planning efforts to do just what I said did not include the customer. And we had all these meetings, but we didn't have any customers in the meeting. And and what we learned from that was that we would now start every meeting with a customer story. That we would make sure that that um, we didn't have a meeting with more than a couple people in the room when we didn't ask someone to bring a customer story. And the hidden magic behind that is that means that everybody has to have one. Hmm. That everybody has to have listened or asked a question, or or uh, monitored a a story, so that they come prepared to share one. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who's going to get called on each time, and so we all are a little closer to the customer as a result. I love that example, and it it brings me right back to some companies that I've worked with where I often ask folks to consider the last interaction they had with a customer, and it's amazing how many people in an organization cannot remember that. They cannot remember the last time they had any sort of interaction directly with a customer. So I love the way you guys are in- integrating that into your meetings. And this this was totally fascinating, as I knew it would be. And I know there are lots of lessons that anybody can take away from this, from the success that you've seen by really tapping into who your customers are and how to include them more in the overall experience. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, you're more than welcome. I, I wish we had more time and we could share more stories, but I appreciate the opportunity and you can call anytime. Well, I have one more question for you. What is the proper four-way stop etiquette in the Northwest? <laughs> well, you go. No, you go. No, you go. And that, it's kind of funny. When people run, come up to those roundabouts, they're not very familiar with them and uh, or to those four-way stops and we'll just sit there and wait for the next guy but, uh, <laughs> i guess they, i guess that's been labeled as northwest nice yes yes <laughs> for sure that's awesome hey this was great stuff rod where can people find you on the internet you can find me at um, rodbrooks.com or you can find me at twitter at at northwest marketing guy and, and it's not a very good handle adam it's the at sign N-W underscore M-K-T-G underscore G-U-Y. You're good on Twitter, so people should go find you. And we'll make sure it's in the show notes. Terrific. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. So, Jeannie, guess what a little bird told me? (laughs) What? It's customer hero, customer zero time. Yes, it is. And we have a customer hero today. I discovered a really cool company, and I actually discovered them because several people sent me notes and information about them because they were so impressed. And they are a company called Pad and Quill. They're based in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And all they do are really uh, high-quality, handcrafted leather products, a pretty limited inventory of iPad, iPhone, some just kind of business cases, but 
you know, it's not a huge warehouse. It's definitely handcrafted and they're making a go of really doing something a little different. So I thought they'd be fun to highlight because they seem like awesome people as well. Well, there's a ton of companies that do that, you know, Levenger, all these kind of companies. So what makes them different? What make, make, makes them a customer hero to you? Well, as you know, I love talking about small moments that matter in the customer experience. And I like to think of micro interactions as things that are easily overlooked, but could be moments of delight if you actually look at them carefully. And they have all sorts of moments of delight throughout their process, like their packaging on the outside of the box. When it arrives, it says, the anticipation is killing us too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so they're talking directly to the customer. And even if you look at their blog, one of the things that they talk about is how they want to bring beauty into a small corner of their customers' lives. That's, I mean, they're really, they're not trying to do something bigger. They're saying, we're going to give you this little moment with this special product and we're going to make sure that it's beautiful and well-crafted and we stand behind everything we do. And they're doing that in such creative ways that it's really leading into this omni-channel experience from this really small company. And that that part is really cool, too. Well, that's neat. And one thing I love, just sort of to piggyback on what you said, is when they take areas, when a company looks for areas where there usually isn't much experience, like the box that something comes in, mm-hmm. you know, and makes that into an experience, even if it's small, just having a little message. And I think we talked a few episodes back about, uh, I guess, Chipotle doing those cups. Right. Right. With right. the quotes. Same thing. You know, it's a plain cup. You've been getting one for your whole life and they did something special with it and just, you know, it didn't change anybody's life, mm-hmm. but it made that little dining experience just a little bit better. Right. And on their website, one of the things that Pat and Quill talk about is their code and their litmus test. So they literally talk about, uh, they have a list of questions. Is this product made largely by hand? Have we included an innovative approach to function? I love that question. And they they ask themselves all these questions, and they say, okay, that's our litmus test. Does it meet our code of kind of being very high quality, beautiful, something that people will have pride in for a long time and long-lasting? And so they put those two things together, with everything they do, and they make sure that they're meeting those standards. And they're very transparent with those standards. So they're going to attract customers who value the same standards that they have, which is a big part of customer experience. Your values have to align in order to have an exceptional customer experience. And they're putting all of that out there. They use Pinterest really well. They use Twitter really well. They do all these things. And they're not a huge company. So I applaud them because they seem to be doing a lot of things right. That's very cool. Very interesting how they're approaching things. And I'm not sure I like the word they they use code. I think that's our word. (laughs) Uh, But other than that, pretty neat stuff. (laughs) Yes. Well, we won't try to crack their code. (laughs) We'll leave their code alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, we are going to wrap up episode 18 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Adam DePork, and my website is customersatstick.com. And I'm Jeannie Walters, and please join me at 360connects.com. You can find all of our episodes and show notes at crackthecustomercode.com. And please subscribe on iTunes. We love people who subscribe because they keep listening to us. And make sure you never miss an episode. And also, if you like what you hear, please leave a review so others can find our show. And tell someone you know. We love word-of-mouth referrals as well. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.